did put in the bulletin that um, the reading was going to be from the Gospel of John, beginning with the 21st verse, uh, 21st chapter, beginning with the first verse. Um, I have since uh, changed my mind a little bit since you all kind of know this story. Um, this is the last uh, resurrection appearance that Jesus makes before ascending into heaven. So we've all heard those stories. I want to get to the heart of the story. So I'm going to pick up the reading at the 15th verse. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, I love you. And Jesus said, then shepherd my sheep. And then Jesus said a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And now Peter was upset and that he was asked for the third time, do you love me? Master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm telling you the very truth now. When you were young, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wished. But when you get old, you'll have to stretch out your hands while someone else dresses you and takes you to where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to be a hint as to the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he commanded, follow me. And then turning his head, Peter noticed the disciple Jesus loved following right behind. And when Peter noticed him, he said to Jesus, what's going to happen to him? What about him? And Jesus says, if I wanted to live until I come again, what's that to you? You follow me. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, are you okay with me standing or do I need to sit? No, I'm fine. Okay. Then I'm going to continue to stand because this is one of these messages that I can't sit down to tell you about. Because this is one of these messages that there are at least four or five different layers to it. There are four or five sermons in this particular reading. The first one, I think you can figure out, is pretty obvious, right? Do you know what the what the first sermon is in this thing that we could talk about for the entire 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes? I'm just saying that to scare you. Um, <laughs> no, huh, what? Yeah, this whole reinstatement of Peter. What does that tell us? First of all, you know, Scripture is pretty plain, pretty clear all the way through that this life in God, if we're going to have this close relationship with God, if our life is going to be worth living, it has to include forgiveness. You know, I've said to you all constantly, if there's no forgiveness, there's no resurrection. If there's no forgiveness, there's no life. And the reason that I say that to you is what were the first words from Christ off the cross? God, forgive them. If there is not forgiveness, there is no chance for growth. There is no chance for life. And you remember, Peter, God love him, 
Wasn't he the one who, when Jesus started talking about forgiveness, Peter was kind of a smart aleck about the whole thing and said, oh yeah, how many times are we supposed to forgive? Seven times? And Jesus said, no. More like 70 times seven. In other words, it is at the very basic level of what we do is to forgive. So, of course, we can't have now, this is where I get into trouble with my colleagues. We cannot have the resurrection story and not have this. Because you remember, Peter <laughs> denied that he ever knew Jesus, that he was part of the movement. Whether he was ashamed or scared, you know, that's, that's, that's up for debate. Except that I could tell you that most of us, if we're really honest about the way we live our lives, we can really relate to Peter. Because we make decisions every day that are all designed to keep who we really are hidden. And I know that most people, when I say that to them, they sit there going, now, Pastor, you've just gone from preaching to meddling. <laughs> You're getting into my, my business. But hey, it's true. It's what makes Christianity difficult. It's because it requires us to be honest with ourselves before anybody else. So now you got Peter, who kind of sort of is like the firebrand of everything that we are. You got to have this happen. Jesus has got to come back. And in one of these meetings, he's got to have a conversation with Peter, doesn't he? Because, I mean, the whole human side of us? I mean, you all watch dramas, right? You watch those TV shows, primetime? How many of you watched Dallas when it was out? Okay. I'm about to give myself away. I, I, there's other primetime dramas that you watch, right? And they all have the same theme. Somebody's getting divorced. Somebody's mad at somebody. You know, they're not all who shot J.R., but there's those kind of stories. And you know this is the same storyline. We want to know what happens to Peter. Because actually, even more than Judas betraying Jesus, this whole denial thing is pretty serious. What do you hear couples say all the time in their relationships? They betrayed me. They... They denied this relationship by whatever it is that they did. There is nothing that we go through in life that is worse for us emotionally than this idea that somebody that loved us, that somebody that supported us, somebody that wanted us is now sitting there going, nope, never knew you. I have no idea who the hell you are. I don't care. Amen. People have killed themselves over that. So we've got to know. So that's an important part of the story. And Jesus comes back, and I know that there are some preachers that are going to sit there and, and turn this into a conditional forgiveness. You understand what I mean when I say that? You know, because Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to reinstate you, but I want you to do this. That is not what happened here. Did you listen really close? He asked a simple question. Do you love me? Let me put this in modern, under, modern speak. 
do you love God? Do you know if you love God what it is that God requires of us? Micah 6 8. Be just, be merciful, and be humble. Do you love me? That's all Jesus did. Is he asked a question, and when Peter said, Well, of course. Of course. And Jesus said, Then take care of my sheep. Just in case we missed the point here, that is Jesus saying that we have a responsibility to folk. Remember that the next time somebody says somebody wouldn't be homeless if they would just go get a job. Because my response is, well, are you going to give them a job? They shouldn't be using drugs. You're going to help get off drugs? In other words, we are responsible for each other. There is no getting out of this. There is no way to sidestep that. And then, of course, Jesus says to Peter a second time, Do you love me? And, of course, Peter says, Of course. Now, not only do we have to take care of our friends, but we apparently have to feed them, too. Now, that's another sermon for how do we feed people, all right? I'll, I'll just leave you to think about that for a couple of weeks. How do, we, how do we go about feeding people? Does it mean that we actually feed them? Or is there other ways to do that? But then the story gets real fun. Because, again, if we're honest, we are more like Peter than we want to admit. Your boss says to you a third time, do you, whatever it is. Your response is going to be like Peter's. Except I think it would be probably, in my case, it would be much much more dramatic, right? Because that's just who I am. (laughs) Well, damn, you know I do. I did the best I could. Why do you keep asking me this? Jesus went right past that. Take care. Shepherd, bless you. Whoa, you want me to what? Now, there's sermons that get preached today that will talk about Jesus did this whole thing three times because it was to take care of the denial of three times, all that. Do whatever you want with that. This is called reinstatement. This is called forgiveness. This is called, look, you were a total jerk, but I have one question for you. Do you love me? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Now, if you really want to get the point, though, of all the layers of this story, my whole long lead-in is really to the most important part of this story that never gets talked about. And that's the whole John thing. Because now, you've got it in your head, right? We've all stepped into Peter's shoes. Somewhere along the line, we have lived our life in a way that we've stepped away from God or we've done something and we get all bent out of shape about it and and we forget that the real point of this story is if you want a relationship with God, there's forgiveness there. And I would remind you that no matter what you've done, as long as you want that relationship with God, God will come find you. Remember the prodigal son? The moment he decided 
and took that first step, i.e., towards home. It says, the next verse says, while he was yet a long ways off. That means the moment you want that relationship with God, wherever God is and wherever you are, God comes to you. You don't have to get to church as it's been preached so many times over the years. John was the special boy in class. We know that. Why? Because we have a phrase out of Scripture where the one that Jesus loved. <laughs> he, he was the A student. He was the youngest guy. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that you can make out of this. But it's obvious that Peter was not particularly impressed by John's status with Jesus. And so you can sit there and go, okay, Pastor, what's that got to do with this sermon? How many of you are not particularly impressed with your friend's status with your boss? How many of you are not particularly impressed by another Christian's behavior. You just went from preaching to meddling again, Pastor. Stop that. Well, for whatever reason, Peter is not impressed with John. And he has just found out on the heels of being forgiven. Hello, folks? This is where you run down to the altar and you give your life to Christ and then you go get drunk that afternoon to celebrate. Right? This is Peter. He's reinstated. He's back in the driver's seat. And he turns around and what is the first thing he does? I don't like that guy. What about him? <laughs> I'm about to get my butt kicked. As a matter of fact, Jesus, you just told me I'm going to die. What about him? And what was Jesus' response? You don't worry about let's, it. Let's put this in modern modern language none of your damn business you follow me think about that the next time you get so all high and mighty in your faith and start talking about what Christians should be doing well pastor you shouldn't go to a bar Pastor, you shouldn't do this. Pastor, you shouldn't do that. You, if you were a real Christian, you know, you'd be, and the whole list goes on, right? You'd be anti-Muslim, you'd be anti-gay, you'd be this, this, and this, and that. It all goes all down the line. And every time I hear somebody say that, all I could get is this flashback of Jesus going, what is that to you? You need to follow me. You see this is the important piece of this message. Yes, there is unconditional forgiveness. Yes, it does not matter. You cannot screw up your relationship with God. And once you get that reinstatement and once you understand that, by the way, quit worrying about everybody else and take care of yourself. God bless you this morning.